Are you a software developer that wants to work remote? Clevertech is where software developers experience remote done right. Live limitlessly. Add world-class accomplishments to your resume. Live a life beyond the ordinary. Join team members in creating the future, all while making memories and being close to what's important to you. Visit clevertech.biz jobs to apply. Hello, everyone. My name is Tyler Selhorn, and welcome to another episode of The Remote Show, where we discuss everything to do with remote work with the people who know it best. Thanks so much for listening. The Remote Show is brought to you by WeWork Remotely, the largest community of remote workers in the world. With over 220,000 unique users per month, WeWork Remotely is the most effective way to hire. Today, we are blessed to be learning out loud with Kelsey Bishop. Kelsey is building candor to help people know themselves and their teammates on a more human level. No BS, just the real stuff about who you are as a human and how you show up at work. You can find them at joincandor.com. They are hiring for roles in engineering and product. Kelsey is also an angel investor. Kelsey, tell us, what problems are you trying to solve with Candor? Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Tyler. I'm very excited to be chatting with you today. I think the problem that we're really trying to solve with Candor is helping people understand each other as humans. I think in my experience working for you know early stage startups, I found it really difficult to understand you know what people were going to be like to work with before I actually <laughs> accepted the job. And that was really hard because you know culture fit and really kind of fitting in with your team and, and wanting to have relationships with people at work is so important for employee happiness and was for my own personal happiness. And so started Candor to really help people understand each other's superpowers and areas of growth and kind of, you know, how they show up at work and all the kind of more qualitative stuff that you learn week two on the job, but, you know, might not necessarily know right off the bat. So yeah, kind of focused on that, you know, humans understanding each other problem. Really interesting to hear you thinking about that space before you join a team. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, especially now, now that we're so much more so, obviously we're talking on the remote show here, but we're working remotely where we don't necessarily always get to meet someone in person before we start depending on them for a professional working relationship. Right. right. Let's go a little deeper about that moment of how can we evaluate what it's like to work somewhere and how can we discover some of those qualitative items that you're mentioning when we're thinking, hey, this is the surface of what is here that I that is visible to me, you know, from my home office or from my cafe as mm-hmm. I'm doing some job seeking and looking for companies that I might want to work at. What are some signals that you've noticed that that can give us hints? Yeah, so I think there's kind of two parts of this. There's one which is who are you as kind of a, you know, person at work. And then the second part which is who are the types of people that you love working with, you know, in your dream role who are the people that really just get you excited about showing up every day? And so for the first part, I think this is often the part that people skip, right? It's very easy to go out and be like, okay, who do I want to work with? Who are my favorite types of teammates? You know, I think it's overlooked, actually, in many cases for people to turn inwards and be like, what am I great at? What areas or kind of environments do I thrive in? Do I like working remote? Actually, like, do I want to overlap? time zones with my teammates? Or do I just, you know, care about more async work, having those kind of honest conversations with yourself about your own personal work style. And like I said, this could be hours that you prefer to work in, or this could be do I like Slack versus email kind of environments? Or this could be do I like small teams versus big teams? 
Do I like, you know, having other people working on my kind of subdomain within the company with me, or am I kind of a solo performer type of thing? So there's a lot of kind of self reflection, I think that has to happen before you really understand or even know how to have a conversation about how am I going to work with somebody else. But I think it's also really important to after you've done the self reflection, go into interviews and really treat it as like, hey, this is a two way interview, you know, we want to make sure that this is a good fit for the company, but also a good fit for the employee. And so, you know, I see employees now kind of coming in and we do this at Candor too, where we spend half the interview kind of letting the employee ask questions. And we really talk pretty honestly about our culture. And I think it's kind of for the benefit of the employee too, to really know kind of what they're getting into culture wise, whether it's like, Hey, here are the hours that we work, or here's kind of my personal management style and, you know, here are the good parts of it and the bad parts of it appear, you know, times that people didn't enjoy working with this type of culture. So, you know, I think it's really important to have those honest conversations, but it does start with, you know, that self-reflection so that you can properly be equipped to go have that honest conversation with a potential teammate. Really, really cool to be invited into some introspection as we are doing our job seeking and to be thinking about things as important as when am I going to work or when do I prefer to work or who Mm -hmm. am I going to work with when I happen to be working? And these are all things that didn't necessarily have a really obvious sort of signal in Mm -hmm. candidate marketing until like yesterday. Right. (laughs) Right? Absolutely. And it's really clear that some teams are better at communicating these sorts of things. And I think it's really interesting to hear you describe the recruiting process at Candor to include that kind of reverse sort of space. Because I think that was one of the things that we did as co-located leaders in a previous era where we said, well, our office is in this place and Mm -hmm. it's for this location. And that kind of equaled a whole bunch of things, right? If you said, well, we are located in suburban New York City Mm -hmm. or this office is in Arlington Heights, Illinois, right? These are things that say lots and lots of things to you about who you're going to be working with and what kinds of people. And now we are in this new space that says, no, you need to be explicit. And I think that's been the theme of the remote show throughout is to say, hey, let's be much more intentional about who we are and about what kinds of people you want to work with. Right. Talk some more about that kind of matching aspect of what you all are doing, even specific to hiring at Candor or like what you're seeing as you support people. Yeah, absolutely. So right now, the product is really focused first around that self-assessment piece. So actually guiding users through talking about their superpowers and talking about, hey, here's where I'm still trying to grow. And then finally, you know, here are kind of my work style preferences, you know, the time zones, the methods of communication, things like that. And so that's kind of the first step. I think one layer deeper is once users actually go through the self-assessment of a very high level, you know, what am I like to work with? What do I want? It's then getting more granular and actually creating kind of a working with me doc that then they can use and, you know, with the hiring manager, either before they've actually committed to joining a company or just after when they're kind of going through onboarding and, and, you know, want to start the relationship on a good foot use their candor profile to kind of start the conversation around work styles and kind of preferences. 
So that's kind of what we're seeing today. And internally, you know, we're also using it around like, what are things that maybe you wouldn't figure out about me because we're just on Zoom. And you know, that's it's kind of a little bit of a two dimensional world that we're living in at work. Whereas previously, you know, we might have had a conversation about the fact that I love oil painting at a happy hour, but you know, in a remote world, we don't quite get that today. And so there's also pieces of kind of a more serendipitous workplace that we're trying to replicate on Candor. Really interesting to hear you building in the space that's ripe for misunderstanding, mm-hmm. right? There is a certain amount of two-dimensional aspect to working inside of screens mm-hmm. as knowledge workers, right? And also the, the advantage of working together I'm thinking of the really fun moments of finally meeting a colleague in person, you know, that, that URL to IRL kind of transition, right. is so fun, especially because you do get to learn about somebody before you meet them in person. But it's also on the flip side, one of those things that there is something missing, right. When we are meeting somebody's digital profile, right? right. Here's their avatar. Tell us, what are some things that we can do to enrich that digital version of ourselves in ways that help people learn about us? Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that we've done internally at Candor is everyone kind of shares their story when they first join the team. And I think, you know, you do get some of this if you're a hiring manager bringing on a new teammate, you hear a person's story of how they got to where they are. But if you're just a teammate on the team, you know, you might not actually get that. And so I think that's a big part of it is like having a place where you can actually share, hey, here's my story. Here's how I got here. And then also, I think making room to have kind of uncomfortable conversations. And so it doesn't naturally come up, I think, when you're onboarding a new employee to be like, hey, what am I going to do that's going to piss you off? (laughs) You know, for lack of a better way to say it. But it's really important to have those conversations because especially in you know a remote world where it can be difficult to read if somebody's upset or not really jiving with how you're working, it's important to have those conversations up front so that you're all on the same page and expectations are set. And so I think there's you know a lot of conversation that can happen in the beginning where it's like, hey, I want to set us up well to have a great working relationship. Let's talk about some of these hard things that might come up as we work together. Hopefully not, like maybe it's all smooth sailing, but if they do, how can we agree to handle them, you know, together in in a way that's comfortable for us both? So, I think having some of those conversations up front, knowing where somebody's coming from and knowing their story can help us relate to each other in a way that's more authentic and not as, you know, transactional because I think sometimes if we don't have those conversations and kind of humanize each other, work over Zoom can just feel a little bit more bland. Interesting. I do think that that is the piece that so often is not obvious to new remote workers or remote workers who have only worked in a formerly co-located environment, right? We're, we're talking to those folks right now that are in the midst of considering, hey, is this remote work thing, could that be like long-term for me? And I think it's really, really interesting to hear, you know, you keep returning to this idea that, hey, we should look within ourselves and decide which things do I want to be known for, right? 
how do I work best, right? What are the things that are important to me when I show up to work? I guess maybe that's one of the things that I want to flip around to you, like as someone who has done hiring remotely, as somebody that has evaluated candidates remotely, what are the things that signal to you, aha, this is somebody who is ready to work remotely. This is somebody who is ready to be successful in our style of working. And maybe that's what I'm asking you to do is like, maybe describe a little bit about what it is to work at, at Candor and what your version of remote work is. Absolutely. So I think because of the stage that we're at, one of the key kind of core components that has come up in our hiring has been the ability for people to really work autonomously. And it's not even work asynchronously because we still collaborate a lot and our team loves jam time together. And I think that's been a fun piece of working at Candor, but autonomously in that I particularly am not I don't love management, (laughs) to be quite frank. And so it's been one of those things where everyone's kind of a self-starter at Candor. And so if you're owning operations or you're owning design, you're owning kind of the full stack of that particular domain. And it's not like, you know, I don't know how to do that job better than the people I've hired. And so when you join the team at Candor, it's really expected that you're owning that start to finish. And the people around on the team are there to support you. But at the end of the day, we are looking for that autonomous type of person who really wants to own the full stack of their domain and really be an expert and really perform excellently at that kind of role that they're in. Because we are a small team and and kind of trusting each other is a big part of our culture. So I would say that's the big piece is those kind of autonomous people on the team. And then I would say another piece is speed. I would say this is probably unique to candor in a way that I haven't experienced on other teams that I've been on in the past is we work really fast and it's fun. Like if you're kind of excited about just shipping a lot of stuff, experimenting and kind of like feeling like, you know, you're, you're on a run with everyone else on the team. I think you really enjoy the candor environment. I don't think that was for everybody. And so we're pretty upfront with that. Our mode is fast in the interview process, because I think that, you know, depending on what life stage you're in and what you're looking for, that might not be your preferred mode. And that's totally fine. And then I would say that the last one is we are super direct, and like very open. And and part of it is, you know, it makes sense given the product and the space that we're in. But the culture is very transparent. And I would say that the best example of this is we talk very openly about what's working and what's not. And one example of this is we work with a lot of contractors and we hired someone who just wasn't a great fit for what we were looking for. And very quickly, every single person on the team was like, hey, this isn't a problem at all, but like this isn't working out. And so we should end the contract. And that didn't have to come from me just because it was my direct report. It was just like, hey, everyone on the team kind of holds the bar to this level and we're not willing to drop that bar at all. And so when something's not working out, anyone on the team feels comfortable to kind of raise their hand and be like, hey, I'm sensing you know, an issue here. Let's fix it. So I think that's definitely different than other cultures I've worked in is just the directness and the transparency is definitely important to us. Okay. So you've expressed a very specific kind of workplace, right? And you've said that, you know what? we're looking for a very specific kind of person to work at this workplace. 
help us think through the idea that remote work is allowing for niche employees to find niche employers. This has been the story of the internet since the 90s, right? Is that there is a long tail of engagement and discovery and you're trying to solve in this space like with your company, right? But we're saying, okay, hey, how do we get the right people to be matched up with the right companies because of who they are? And when I say who, I'm saying the company and the people that are at that company, matching them up with the people that are interested in working in that exact, very specific workplace. Mm -hmm. Can you help us think that through a little bit? Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite sayings or kind of things that I believe is that work should be and can be your happy place. And I think this is actually different than maybe 10, 15 years ago, where for many people, work was just work. And I think that was kind of the expectation. And I think we're entering, especially with kind of Gen Z entering the workforce, we're entering this era where work can feel like magic. And the team that you're on can feel like magic. And especially kind of with this remote work, like you said, you now have the ability to join any team in the entire world, you know, in theory, and work for them and kind of be in this magic sphere. Whereas before you were kind of confined to the city that you lived in and the companies that were there. And so I kind of view it as with Gen Z entering the workforce, with remote work being here to stay, candidates really have their pick of like, where am I going to really find my magic team? Where am I going to be the happiest? And I think that's a really powerful position to be in. And so at Candor, yes, you know, we start the conversation for you. We help you think through what are the things that are going to, you know, make me happy at work? What are my deal breakers? What are the things that I really care about that I want my team to have? And, you know, eventually, I think once we have profiles of all of these candidates looking for roles, of hiring managers looking for roles, we're going to very easily be able to see, okay, hey, here are the hiring managers. Let's say here's a head of product with an open role for a product manager. Hey, here's 10 product managers that actually fit in these cultural values that you've said are important to you. And so that's how I kind of view us in this space is how do we elevate what's important to people? so that we can get them on their magic, happy place teams. I love that you have described the opportunity before us right now. Because when we decouple our vocation from our location, mm-hmm. work can be our happy place, yes. right? I've experienced it for myself, right? I am a, <laughs> we're about as different as, as can be, right? You are living abroad, a company leader. I am a dad. <laughs> in the Midwest, right? <laughs> but but the things that we found have been feeding the best things for us specifically, right? right. And, and you mentioned Gen Z and the idea that they are now coming into the workplace. I'm curious to hear you expound on that a little more of saying, okay, hey, we're hiring managers looking to hire new people joining the workforce. They're of a generation that have specific ideas about what work can be. What do you think we should be saying to them as as we approach them as remote hiring managers? Absolutely. And I'll also preface this with saying I border Gen Z. I'm I'm 25. So 
I kind of consider myself on this weird cusp of like sort of being a millennial, sort of being Gen Z. So (laughs) for context, I think when I speak for Gen Z, I also very much speak for myself as well. And I think that there's a couple of things. And one I'll start with is Gen Z is a little bit more flexible with how they even think of the word work. You know, maybe 10 years ago when people were graduating college, it was like, hey, go get a full-time job, put on your business casual clothes and sit in this office from nine to five. I think today, college graduates think of work very differently and a bit more fluidly, where it's like, hey, part-time work is no longer demonized. There's this whole thing called the creator economy, and I can go be a creator if I wanted to. And then lastly is, I'm not confined to a location. And so my life and work actually feel a lot more you know, fluid because it's not that I am going to go work in San Francisco. And so my entire life revolves around living in San Francisco. It's, hey, my work can take place on my laptop. So if I want to go live in Lisbon, I can do that too. And so I would say that when I think about Gen Z, I just think a little bit more fluidly about work. And I think if we're talking to them as hiring managers, kind of appealing to that flexibility is really important. Because I think the work-life harmony and that trend and kind of that thought is more top of mind than maybe it was for college grads previously. So how I think about it is like, how can you appeal to wanting more work-life harmony, wanting a little bit more fluidity and not having this concept of work that fits into a box? I think Gen Z is like, how can work fit into my life? And how do I craft my life so work fits in with all of these different goals that I want? Shout out to all of the Gen Z folk, right? (laughs) And non-Gen Z folk that are solving for better work-life harmony. Mm -hmm. I know that that is what remote work has done for me, right? Yes. I cook breakfast for my children every day. I pick them up from school every day. So powerful. These are things that are powerful and available to me if I'm able to work a non-linear workday. Mm -hmm. Right. I think it's really interesting to see how matching up a candidate's expectations and hopes and dreams for a workplace, it's not just that it's possible. It's that if you were to express yourself exactly as you are, Mm -hmm. there is a workplace that wants that exact person. Yes. Yes. I guess maybe the thing that I would invite you to speak more about is that idea of work-life harmony. You know, not just the idea that, okay, I might work, you know, on contract or I might work for this project for a second and then this one for a minute and that one for an hour or a few weeks or a month or whatever time period we want to throw on there. (laughs) I guess maybe the thing that I'm inviting you to think about is like, okay, how can we as employers do a better job of finding ways to optimize for that version of a desired workplace of saying, yeah, we do want to be the place you work that fits inside of your life. How do we build that kind of a workplace? I think it's all about setting the right expectations. And so one thing that comes to mind is that candor, we don't say, you know, hey, you need to work in a specific time zone. We say, hey, if you're, you know, in a collaborative role, then we try to overlap four to five hours a day in Eastern time. And you know what? Even not saying, hey, you have to do eight hours a day in East Coast time, that lets people in London, in you know California, structure their day the way that they want to. 
And, you know, if they want to work mornings, if they want to work evenings, it's just a little bit more room. And then it also gives them the flexibility to say, hey, actually, like there's not this kind of really strict boundary of the hours I have to work. I know to be collaborative, I want to overlap with my teammates, but I can choose when I want to do that. And I think giving employees or kind of making it the norm to set your own schedule can be really powerful. You know, on on our team, for example, we have two people who both have kids. And for one of them, it's really important that he spends time putting his kids to bed at night, but he's in London. And so that's kind of the middle of the day on the East Coast. But we all know he kind of blocks his calendar for time with his kids. And that's just kind of the way that it goes, right? Everyone has their different things they prioritize. For myself, you know, it's my exercise in the morning and, you know, time with my significant other. That's kind of my precious time. But as long as you make room for people to have kind of a say on how they structure their day, I think that can be really powerful in in kind of empowering the employee to have that work-life harmony. Thank you for suggesting that we need to be explicit about the hours that we're going to keep as a team, right? You know, shout out to the teams that are full async, no hours that we have to share. (laughs) Shout out to the teams that express a set of core hours that we're going to work together on. Shout out to the teams that are saying, you know what? We can't do broad time zone differences. We're all going to work a similar shift, Mm -hmm. right? And being explicit about that in ways that allow people to see and to know what it is that they are signing up for, right? To say, hey, this is the kind of workplace I'm going to be at. And these are the kinds of people I'm going to work with, the the ones that have also opted into this version, Mm -hmm. right? I think that a certain amount of the, uh, whatever we're calling it today, the great resignation, right? Is to say that long before the pandemic accelerated some of these changes, we were saying, I want to have a workplace that matches me better. And that the people that I'm interacting with also want the same things as I do. Yes. Speak of work-life harmony, let's be around folks that not everybody wanted to commute, right? But there are some people that really want to work in an office together. Mm -hmm. Well, by golly, those are going to be the folks that work in an office going forward because there's so much opportunity to work remotely now. And so I think it's really, really awesome that we mentioned it earlier that the theme of remote working is that it forces intentionality, right? Shout out to the OG head of remote, Darren Murph. We're quoting you again, man. <laughs> that yes, even for those organizations that choose not to go remote, that is now an active choice and not just something that is assumed. Yes. And I think that's really what Gen Z looks for, right? It's the, can we make things more intentional? Like if everyone is stating, hey, here are my work preferences, or here is the culture of our company. Those are the table stakes. Then, you know, young people can make a decision on what's going to work for them and what's not. But it's not just like, hey, here's the box, go fit in it. You know, it's it's now companies are being forced into this position of you have to take a stand on what's important to you. So, yeah. Well, Kelsey, let's conclude things here by saying no to the boxes that people are trying to put us into, <laughs> Yes, right? Let's agree to stop pretending and do this thing together on purpose. Agreed. Yes. I love it. Thanks for learning out loud with us, Kelsey. Thanks for having me, Tyler. This was fun. 
Thanks so much again for listening to the show and be sure to check out WeWorkRemotely.com for the latest remote jobs. And if you're looking to hire a remote worker, WeWorkRemotely is the fastest and easiest way to do so. As always, if you have someone we should talk to, any advice you have, or if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, please reach out to us at podcast at WeWorkRemotely.com. That's podcast at WeWorkRemotely.com. Thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time.